from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast, Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We've got a packed show. This week has just been unbelievable in the amount of vulnerabilities that are being disclosed in the way we're seeing data breaches evolve from last year to this year to the different impacts it's got and the kind of like what the 8k and kind of the new sec rules have really made it very very difficult for practitioners specifically to get really valid information because typically we'd get you know we'd wait 30 days we'd know what a breach is but now you've got to report it within three days and typically they say we're going through a cyber incident we think it's ransomware we're not sure we'll keep you updated and then a week a month or two later we actually get the truth some of that we'll expose on today's show, and we'll talk about it here in a lot more detail. But before we do that, thanks so much for tuning in. We're live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter now, X, Facebook, LinkedIn, and so much more. Thank you all for, for tuning in. We see your comments. Thank you so much. Go check out our Substack. The beauty of traveling, as you can tell, I'm not in the studio. I'm in a hotel room. Is you know, One of the challenges in 2023 was I couldn't always join you for a coffee cup. Cheers. I couldn't because... Espressos, which is the only coffee I kind of drink, is, is cold after 10 minutes because it's a small amount of coffee. Thanks to a lot of good people, I was able to get my hands on a travel espresso mug that I gladly send you when you support our Substack, jamesazar.substack.com. Go there, subscribe, become a annual subscriber or one of our founding members and you'll get one of these mugs directly in your inbox uh directly in your mailbox from us with a whole lot more swag so thank you so much for all who's over who've already supported us if you're considering it got some questions you can always ask us cyberhubpodcast.com or go to jameshazer.substack.com now without further ado coffee cup cheers y'all thing about this is it keeps the coffee really warm yeah it's nice it's really really nice I got that espresso like 40 minutes ago. Yeah, it's good. All right, so let's go ahead and kick off um, with malware hunters at Velocity on Wednesday warning that suspected Chinese nation state actors are actively exploiting a pair of unauthenticated remote zero-day vulnerabilities in an Avanti Connect secure VPN device. The vulnerabilities track the CVE 2023-46805 and 2024-21887 affect the fully patched internet-facing Avanti Connect Secure VPN appliance, formerly known as Pulse Secure. It had to change the name because Pulse Secure used to give us all goosebumps uh, and work up during the In the Wild zero-day exploitation. Avanti has struggled with major security problems uh, in the past. Uh, effectively, if you remember Pulse Secure, like going into 2018, 2019, 2020 was, I mean, there wasn't, I, I go back that back, I, I go back that far in the show. Um, so, uh, Avanti has struggled with major security problems. They've released pre-patch mitigations for new vulnerabilities, but said a comprehensive fix won't be released on a staggered schedule beginning on January 22nd. Today is January 11th. That's 11 days, y'all. That's 11 days where you've got to mitigate. They're providing mitigation now while the patch is in development to prioritize the best interests of our customers. It's critical that you immediately take action to ensure you are fully protected, or if you're a customer, you can just get something that doesn't have this history. Uh, that, that, that's another option. 
That's another one. Just saying. Fidelity National Financial have confirmed that a November cyber attack claimed by Black Cat had exposed the data of 1.3 million customers. The American Title Insurance and Transaction Service Provider for the Real Estate and Mortgage Industry said that it's one of the largest companies of its kind in the United States, an annual revenue of more than $10 billion and a market cap of $13.3 billion, an employee force of 23,000 people. In mid-December, they warned that it had suffered a cyber attack. We covered it here extensively on the show. Uh, they've amended their 8K filing yesterday. Like I said, this is all this 8K SEC rules are going to do is it's going to create more and more of kind of like trickle-down information, and, and it's going to take a little bit to put together the picture, which doesn't help us because we don't know what's going on. We're unable to get the full picture, which is what we really want to know. I don't care if FNF became a victim of ransomware. I care how and why it happened and what were the IOCs and TTPs and what should I be reviewing internally in my own security program in order to fix it. And all the SEC ruling does is it's, it's again, giving shareholders information, which allows the company to potentially suffer significant losses in stock price, which could affect their ability to financially sustain themselves given the breach. I mean, meaning this SEC rule could in turn potentially put some companies out of business or severely hinder their ability to recover and provide services in the future. We're not seeing it now. I'm not saying this is what's happening. I'm saying it's not a far-fetched scenario. According to the filing, the attackers used a non-propagating malware that could exfiltrate data from the breach system. The investigation that followed uh, to appreciate the impact of the incident was concluded on December 13th, and it revealed that the attackers uh, stolen the data of 1.3 million customers They've determined that an unauthorized third party accessed their systems, deployed a type of malware that is not self-propagating, and exfiltrated the data. There was no mention of Black Hat. Uh, however, Black Hat were the ones that posted this on their website saying, we got these guys. They're part of our victim list. In another breach, in, 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 in this one in the healthcare industry, HMG Healthcare is disclosing a data breach impacting the PII of employees and residents of 40 affiliated nursing facilities. According to the notice, the incident was identified in November. An investigation determined the breach occurred in August. The incident involved attackers gaining access to servers, stealing unencrypted files. Files on the server likely contained medical records and PII. The compromised information included names, contact information, date of birth, health information, medical treatment details, social security numbers, and employee records. They are notifying the uh, responsible parties um, who may have had their data or their loved one's information accessed without that authorization. They're not providing specific details on the type of cyber attack it fell victim to, but it appears to be a type of ransomware attack because this was an extortion ability. They've got a total of 40 facilities in the great states of Texas and Kansas that were affected by the incident. So there's that. Mandiant is detailing how their X account was hijacked by a crypto gang last week and uh, posted on the attack was the account was essentially hijacked by drainer as a service gang and what it described as a brute force password attack normally 2fa would have mitigated this but due to some team transition and a change in excess 2fa policy we were not adequately protected we've made changes to our process to ensure this doesn't happen again according to them the threat actor who took over mandian's ex social media account used it to share links 
redirect the company's over 123,000 followers to a phishing page to steal crypto. Uh, Mandy found uh, during a follow-up investigation into the incident, the attacker used a wallet drainer dubbed uh, Clicks Inc. Uh, or Clink Sync. Uh, the same drainer has been used since December to steal funds and tokens from users of Selena as part of a large-scale campaign involving at least 35 affiliate IDs linked to the shared drainer as a service there. So Mandy kind of coming there, but X users are coming under uh, significant attack. We obviously talked about uh, Gary Gentler, the uh, SEC uh, commissioner who had his account uh, taken over. Ned Gear and Hyundai were also part of this as well uh, as 30, uh, 30K, a Web3 uh, security firm, were also all taken advantage of in their X accounts. So some work there. Sysis flagging six different vulnerabilities that are now actively under attack. These six were added to the famous and now long known exploited vulnerabilities catalog, or as I like to call it, CAV. This includes the CVE 2023-27524, a high severity vulnerability impacting Apache superset open source data visualization software. That's a remote code execution and it has been fixed. Um, CV 2023-38203, an Adobe Cold Fusion deserialization of untrusted data vulnerability. There's several of these. There's another CVE 29300, a CVE 2023-41990, an Apple multiple product code execution vulnerability. CVE 2016-20017, a D-Link DSL 2750B device command injection vulnerability, and finally a Joomla improper access vulnerability, CVE 2023-23752 have all been added to the GEF catalog. Wrapping up our first week of patch Tuesday for 2024, Intel, AMD, Zoom, and Splunk all released their own security advisories for, the pat for their first patch Tuesday of 2024, informing customers of vulnerabilities found in their products. Intel published three new advisories uh, announcing patches. Two of them describe a total of six high severity uh, vulnerabilities and one medium severity local privilege escalation in the NOC BIOS firmware. AMD published one advisory to announce that no mitigation is planned for a low severity issue involving SEV SNP. Splunk released four new advisories, one of them informing customers about seven critical and high severity vulnerabilities patched in Splunk Enterprise Security with third-party package updates. And another advisory covers six high severity flaws patched in user behavior analytics with third-party package updates. Zoom on their end published one advisor to inform customers that Zoom desktop, VDI client, and SDKs for Windows are affected by a high-severity flaw that could allow unauthenticated attacker to escalate privileges via local access. Those patches have been released as well. Microsoft Exchange Server 2019 is coming to end of mainstream support. Uh, as of January 9th, so that's as of Tuesday. Starting the 9th, the company said it will no longer accept requests for bug fixes and design change requests, but it will keep releasing patches to fix the latest discovered security issues. Uh, they have extended support until October 14th of 2025. It'll still receive two cumulative updates this year for Exchange 2019. Uh, CU 14 will be out until the end of the month and CU 15 in the second half of 2024. The Exchange team said in November that CU 14 will come with support for TLS 1.3 and as that uh, slash MIME control fix, extended protection toggled on by default and so much more. So just a few of those things. Exchange 2019, if you have got it on-prem, uh, almost end of life, time to plan to replace it. Cloudflare is saying that 2023 
was one of the all-time high years for DDoS attacks, more than doubling year over year in the fourth quarter, according to Cloudflare in a report released this week. The record high year for DDoS attacks coincided with mass exploits of the novel zero-day vulnerability HTTP uh, slash two rapid reset, which threat actors used to launch DDoS attacks that broke records during the third quarter of last year. Cloudflare said it was mitigating about 201 million requests per second at the peak of the vulnerability attack. Massive DDoS attacks require significant fewer capabilities, resources, and time now, according to uh, Omer uh, Yushamik, uh, Senior Product Manager of DDoS Protection and Security Reporting at Cloudflare. In 2019, to launch an attack that reached 3 million requests per second, you need at least a million IoT bots. Today, to launch uh, attacks that easily to exceed 100 million requests, you only need about 5,000 to 20,000 virtual machines. Gen AI tools help improve scripts and execute more sophisticated attacks. So there was that around the holiday shopping season. They saw a DDoS attack become more prevalent in retail, shipment, and public relation sites. Cloudflare said it mitigated more than 5.2 million HTTP DDoS attacks, consisting of more than 26 trillion requests in 2023. That's a 20% decline compared to 2022 levels that were mitigated network layer DDoS attacks Surged to 80, uh, surged 85% to 8.7 million incidents in 2023, the company said. So not as many, uh, not as rough, but a whole lot more. So their systems auto-mitigated 996 network layer DDoS attacks and 27 terabytes every hour. That's insane. So we know Cloudflare doing what they do. That's it for our show. We'll be back Monday in the studio again with all of y'all. Uh, and Monday will be a special episode, Martin Luther King Day. So we'll have a little bit of cyber. We'll have a lot more to learn from the late Dr. King. Have a great weekend. Y'all have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.